Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know, I feel today like there's just news coming out left, right, and center, and it's all bad. And I feel like the writing is on the wall. My last podcast talking about is it time? Do we make our move now? Should we be getting ready to flee from among them, the society around us that is devolving into a totalitarian, authoritarian dictatorship? Is it safe for us to be here? How much longer will it last? Will we be rounded up and put in camps? Well, the news that I've been gleaning since I did my last podcast just two days ago, less than two days ago, is absolutely frightening. And it feels to me like the writing is on the wall. And it's not a question of if, it's just a matter of when. And I really hope that you're prepared because I believe the month of August is our narrow window of opportunity to make the the plans and do the things that we need to do if we're to escape. Now, There were a slew of people out in the news Monday and Tuesday saying that the time has come to mandate vaccines, that Biden administration is preparing to make vaccines mandatory for all government workers at the the federal level. So if you're in prisons, if you're a park ranger, in government, uh, Google and Facebook have jumped on this bandwagon demanding their employees be vaccinated. There is such tremendous pressure on all of us to take this experimental inoculation, which my um, research has led me to believe is actually the cause of the Delta variant. It's actually being spread by the people who have taken the vaccine. In areas where the vaccination rates are low, meaning in more rural areas, the COVID cases are much lower as well. In places where vaccine rates are very high, um, these are the hot spots for the spread of the Delta variant. There is a very obvious correlation between where the vaccine is proliferated and where we have these so-called Delta variant hotspots. And new mask mandates are being introduced. And the vaccinated who were promised if they took the needle, they would get their freedom. They'd be able to travel. They wouldn't have to wear a mask. And they thought, I just want life to go back to normal. So I'm going to go ahead and take this vaccine. And now they're being told life isn't going back to normal. You're going to have to wear a mask. You're going to have to social distance. And lockdowns are coming again, mark my word. They're already reintroducing them in some places. A couple of scary things that I've learned this week. One of them was in Norway. Um, Young people are being notified that their cell phone has a government contact tracing app installed in it. And the contact tracing app has showed that they were in the vicinity of someone who is COVID positive and they're being taken away to quarantine facilities. Now, a quarantine facility is a genteel way of describing a government camp. 
And you could apply the term concentration camp on it, except that the prisoners aren't being forced to work or, or executed at this point, and I wouldn't expect that to be the case right now. You see, when vaccination rates are, let's say it's 60% vaccinated, 40% unvaccinated, which I believe the Western world is around that area. I mean, in Canada, they're saying we're at 80%, and I believe that's probably true of Toronto, but it's a very ignorant assessment because there are a lot of rural areas that have no interest in the vaccine whatsoever. So let's say the number stands at 60% vaccinated, 40% unvaccinated. There is enough unvaccinated people to form a meaningful and significant resistance. And we've seen evidence of that with protests going on around the world, very large protests against lockdowns and mandatory vaccines and vaccine passports. Now, mainstream media refuses to acknowledge that these are a thing. Right now, their focus is on getting people vaccinated. They need that number of 60-40 to change. When that number is brought to 80-20, that minority, a very weak minority, has very little say in what can be done. But if they get that number to 90% vaccinated, 10% unvaccinated, then all you are now is fringe, and they can deal with you. They can put you in camps, they can lock you down, they can exclude you from society and carry on without you at that point. So they are driving, they are using every means at their disposal to get that number down, to whittle away at the holdouts and those that remain. They're calling it a pandemic of the unvaccinated. They're blaming us very vocally, very verbally attacking us and pointing a finger at us. We're the cause of all of their misery. You have to wear a mask now. You have to social distance and it's their fault. They're whipping the masses up, turning them against us and using them as a bludgeon to force. And this will be effective. When the people around you hate you for not getting vaccinated, many people will waffle. They will, and I've seen evidence of this, they're, they're not willing to be a pariah. They're not willing to be ostracized from their circles of friends, from family reunions and things of that nature. So they're going ahead and taking the jab. Alternately, when workplaces mandate it, that is certainly going to draw in an awful lot of people. Many, many people will look at it and say, well, I need my job. I need to pay the bills. I can't live on the streets. And they will take the job. And that number will be whittled away until those of us who refuse to take the vaccine have become nothing more than a fringe. That work is being done now. And I believe they're... they're really determined to get that work done in August because I'll tell you what I think that come this fall they don't want the unvaccinated to have access to um, forms of media ways of getting their message out when we find out that the unvaccinated are doing well they're healthy they're fine but there is a pandemic raging in the western world people are getting terribly sick but all of them are vaccinated. 
as in that hospital in Australia where 141 of the COVID patients in the hospital are vaccinated and 140 of them are fully vaccinated with double jabs. Um, I believe that this fall will be a real pandemic, a very serious health crisis, and it will primarily be those who are vaccinated. Now, they want to get rid of the unvaccinated before then, because if we're all standing around in numbers, in significant numbers, saying, yeah, we're not sick, uh, (laughs) that's obviously going to be a problem. So they need to get rid of us before then. And... I really hope and pray that you are dug in and prepared. I'm the kind of person that the more you push me, the more I dig my heels in and resist. I've always been suspicious of authority, and I have no problems following a rule if it makes sense. But when a rule doesn't make sense, um, I'm going to have to get some clarification here, you know. And uh, there are examples of lawbreakers throughout Scripture, when the, script, when the laws of the land contradict the law of God, we are called first and foremost to uphold the law of God. That's where we dig our heels in, and we do not yield. When it was mandated to bow down and worship the, the golden statue that Nebuchadnezzar had set up, there we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing around, and that just... You know, they were willing to break the law of the land because it contradicted the law of God. Christians throughout the ages have gone ahead and preached the gospel and done things. They hid Jews during World War II. They did things that were breaking the law, but they weren't willing to break God's law. They upheld God's law first, and that's a burden that you and I have as well first and foremost, to do what is right. Now, there were a couple of things that I forgot to mention in my last um, podcast about items I've done, things I've done to prepare myself. Uh, One thing that you really want to have is a bicycle, and I've got a wagon to tow around behind that bicycle when we can't buy fuel, and drive on the roads, that is going to be a lifesaver. You'll definitely want to get your hands on a bicycle and a little trailer or wagon. It's just a very smart idea, a means of going out and gathering, whether it's hunting, um, gleaning in the woods around you, going to town because you're you're going to barter something. Um, Having a bicycle with a wagon is going to really be helpful to you. And once again, I'm, I'm racking my brain. There were all these things I remembered. I've got to mention this. I've got to mention that. Um, I'm going to share a passage of Scripture with you guys. Coming out of Hebrews chapter 12, and this is talking about sin. And I find that right now there is an enormous rift in the church, in Western Christianity. And the majority of people are complacent in their stance against sin. They declare, I am a sinner saved by grace. They remind you in Romans, we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None is righteous, no, not one. 
um, a, a kind of a pushing against righteousness, saying we're all sinners, everybody sins. And then there's a smaller percentage who are holding fast to righteousness and saying, you know, we were called to be a royal priesthood and a holy nation. Now, I am with the first group in the fact that the flesh has no power. If we're abiding in the flesh, we have no power over sin. We will always be victims of sin, and we will be ruled over by sin. Being free from sin is, you know, it is by grace through faith that you are saved, and not of your own works that any man should boast. We, in our own works, cannot live a holy life. So let's be clear on that up front. But, as Paul says in Romans 1, a righteousness from God is revealed in the gospel. He's speaking about the gospel. A righteousness that is from God. And Jesus said, hey guys, if your righteousness doesn't beat that of the Pharisees, and these were self-righteous dudes, they were, I in a way admire how far the Pharisees went to uphold the law. They nitpicked over the tiniest little things to carefully observe all that Moses commanded, but they neglected the bigger things, mercy, sacrifice, love, kindness, compassion. They, they neglected the heart of the law by nitpicking over little details surrounding the law, and they saw themselves as righteous by the things that they were doing. Their careful observance of all these frivolous little laws was their righteousness. And Jesus says, sorry, that's not good enough. You and I need to be clothed in the righteousness that comes from God. It is a... Now, you know, in the end times, you will not hear very many people talking about the power of God. Paul said that in Second Timothy, that the end times church would have a form of godliness, but deny the power. And there are very few in, left out there who are still pointing and saying we need the power of God if we're going to make this thing work. Now, for me personally, it was at a point when I was resisting sin by doing some weird things. Okay, I, you know, to shut my big mouth and stop saying wicked things, I was hitting myself as hard as I could in the thigh. And that in itself had some small effect in resisting the things that I was saying, but it was at that point when God saw that I was doing what I could, He stepped in and did what He could. God wants to join you in the fight. He's not going to fight for you and do it all for you. He wants to come alongside you, overshadow you with His power, and bring your efforts to a point of total victory. And I was elevated to a point that I didn't even know it was possible. Freed from lust and pornography, freed from coveting, freed from uh, evil thoughts, all in an instant by the grace of God. And I, I confirm to you that it is by grace through faith that we are saved. But God is waiting for us to show Him that we're in, in it to win it, that we're serious in our struggle against sin. Now, there are many, many people in the church, illegitimate children right now, who do not, they, they do not perceive spiritual things. Their gospel is carnal. 
they do they do not perceive that there can be victory over sin so they craft doctrines to allow and permit us to have sin in our lives but this is not what Jesus has given to us through the gospel so in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 4 um, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin so here is scriptures telling us and we, we're not sure who the author of Hebrews is some think it was um, the Apostle Paul but we're not really sure but the author says you have not yet come to the point of shedding blood to resist sin and that sounds in our Western world that sounds ridiculously extreme like come on that, that's just rhetoric it's not actually implying same with when Jesus said hey get a spoon and gouge out your eye get an axe and just chop your hand off no one dares to imagine that Jesus is speaking literally here it's figurative it's only no 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 there will be no self-harm here I'm suggesting to you that God is waiting to see some people in this generation show him how serious they are that they want to live a sanctified and holy life in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation so let me read Hebrews 12 4 again with the challenge how far are you willing to go you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin we need to strive against sin always the devil is prowling around this very day like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour and we don't want to go around ignorant of his presence ignorant of his wiles and permitting ourselves and the people around us to go ahead and live a lifestyle of sin so I, I was hoping by now my brain would remember some of the other prepping um, tips that I had gleaned but <laughs> it's an empty bucket right now so I apologize for that thanks for joining me and may God surround you and shield you from all the lies and deceptions that are going on right now